Yo, what is going on, everyone? My name is Nick Roy, the Notorious Fantasy, and in today's video, we're going to be doing a 12-team PPR mock draft from the 7th overall spot on Yahoo Fantasy. Dot com. In today's video, we're going to be talking about my thought process throughout a 12-team draft from the 7th overall spot and talking about all of the reasons why I am making my decisions from the 7th overall spot on who I end up selecting. I'm also going to be talking about my thoughts on the draft as a whole, talking about some other picks that are going on around me and talking about how that changes my opinion on who I should be selecting at my picks from the 7th overall spot in a 12-team league. But before we get on in to this mock draft, I'd like to ask if you are new to my YouTube channel and you do end up enjoying today's video to please make sure that you hit that subscribe button down below not only is it free i put out content every single day to help you guys win your 2021 fantasy football championship and while you're down there please make sure to hit that like button whether you are new or not to help boost this video up the algorithm so that more beautiful people like yourself can see today's video i would also like to let you guys know that my rankings are out now on awesomeo.com there will be a cheat sheet created either today or tomorrow that'll be out on the website as well i also post my articles on there every single day about fantasy football so please make sure that if you enjoy my content that you guys go ahead and check that out so let's get on into the draft the draft begins with Christian McCaffrey followed by Ezekiel Elliott and Dalvin Cook now the last couple of mock drafts I have done that I haven't recorded I've actually seen a player not named Dalvin Cook picked at the number two overall spot a couple of times so maybe it's not as out of the ordinary as I previously believed so McCaffrey Zeke Cook Alvin Kamara and Derrick Henry personally I would take Dalvin Alvin Cook at the number two overall spot, but I understand why some people may be a bit squeamish while he didn't really suffer some crazy injury last year. He has had a kind of repeat injury that keeps on happening. He always keeps missing games. I talked about that with Dr. Edwin Porras, and he believes that maybe you should be a little bit nervous about drafting Dalvin Cook again. Not some type of huge red flag, but he probably likely has a chance to miss some games this season. So after Derrick Henry came Nick Chubb. So we're back up on the board here. And to me, from the 7-8-9 overall spot, basically every single time, I am looking for running back of the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones. Now I understand that Saquon Barkley could easily outscore Aaron Jones if healthy. But right now, how sure are we that he is even going to play week one? And how sure are we that if he plays week one, he is going to receive a full workload? He got off the physically unable to participate list a couple of days ago, but that was basically assumed that if he was going to play a couple of weeks into the season, that he would have to get off of that list relatively soon. And he did. So again, I wouldn't be 100% run away from Saquon Barkley. I'm still fine drafting him inside of the first round because my belief is that if you draft Saquon Barkley, then you just match him with another running back later on in the draft. You don't play Saquon for the first couple of weeks, maybe. And then once he starts getting that full workload, once he's that top five running back, it was worth the pick you made inside the first round, but there's definitely a lot of risk that comes with it. And to me, there's not too much risk when it comes to Aaron Jones. Now, Aaron Jones is banged up right now. Right now, he hurt I believe his hamstring a couple of days ago. But again, that's not an injury that should take him away from the regular season at this point. If it happens right now, it's perfectly fine. If injuries start happening closer to the start of the season, then it is very worrisome. We got report today that Rashad Bateman is going to be back sometime in September with that injury, which obviously isn't the greatest, but originally people thought it was going to be like a multiple month outing injury. So it's obviously a lot better than that. So we went ahead and drafted Aaron Jones. After Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams came off the board, followed by Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, Travis Kelsey, Stefan Diggs. Then the second round begins with Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, and Najee Harris, seeing four non-running backs go inside of the first round. Typically, the first six, seven, eight picks of the draft, 
you never really see a wide receiver or a tight end being picked. But right after that, after that big chunk of running backs, typically that's when a guy like Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill or Stefan Diggs comes off the board. So after Najee Harris, we see Calvin Ridley followed by Antonio Gibson. So on our team so far, we have Aaron Jones. So we can really go any way at this draft pick. DeAndre Hopkins still available. Justin Jefferson, Joe Mixon, A.J. Brown, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. At this point with the players we have available, you basically just have to go wide receiver. I'm not reaching up to pick a guy like Joe Mixon or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here. So we're going to go ahead and draft DeAndre Hopkins. Now with DeAndre Hopkins, I am not the most excited about drafting DeAndre Hopkins because to me, I know exactly what DeAndre Hopkins is going to do. He's going to be a top five wide receiver. But to me, I think there is an outlier of a chance or not that high of a chance of him being the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy football where I feel as though all the guys that went before him Calvin Ridley Devontae Adams Stefan Diggs Tyreek Hill that group of wide receivers I feel as though any of those guys could be the wide receiver one whereas I don't feel as similar or a similarly, if that's even the correct fucking word you want to use here, about DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's going to be good. I think he's a very safe pick. He's on a good team with a good quarterback, so he's going to be fine, but I just don't feel any tingles in my body to be drafting a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Does that mean it's a bad pick? No, it's the best pick at that point, and it is a very safe pick. Early on in the draft, the first couple of rounds, the first three, four rounds of your draft, I try to keep it as safe as as possible but then after that I start to get a little bit spicy I start to take a lot more risk because early on in the draft you don't necessarily win your draft by drafting these players but you can lose your draft by taking unnecessary risks and reaching on in the draft so I'm fine drafting DeAndre Hopkins there where we got him after D Hop we got Clyde Edwards Hilaire Joe Mixon DK Metcalf Justin Jefferson AJ Brown Allen Robinson Pat Mahomes and Terry McLaurin first team going with a running back wide receiver and a quarterback now, typically, I am against drafting a quarterback early on in the draft. When you draft a quarterback early on, you are basically kind of throwing away a lot of upside at the running back position, but it is also a very safe play because the odds a guy like Patrick Mahomes ends up being a complete bust for your team is very low. Same thing goes with drafting Josh Allen this early on in the draft as well. While I wouldn't necessarily do it, it is a very safe pick. So after McLaurin came Darren Waller, Josh Allen, Keenan Allen, and J.K. Dobbins. The team before us, Aiden, went with Nick Chubb, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and J.K. Dobbins. So they did kind of snipe me on the running back that I would have wanted at that pick. Looking at the running running backs. Will we have any value falling into the fourth round that I'm comfortable with? Probably not. So we are going to have to take a running back at this pick, whether it's David Montgomery or Chris Carson. Personally, I have Chris Carson ranked higher. I do like both of these running backs, though. I believe that Chris Carson is on a team that is going to try to run the ball. I really talked about this ad nauseum that while everyone seems to get down on their knees and suck off DK Metcalf, suck off Tyler Lockett, talk up Russell Wilson to the moon, it appears that Pete Carroll has completely screwed Russell Wilson over. Russell Wilson has one of the brightest careers in the NFL, one of the most talented quarterbacks in the NFL. And the guy is just screwed over by the fact that Pete Carroll likes to run the ball so much. And you want to know if that screws them over. You want to know who it's not going to screw over. Chris Carson running back of the Seattle Seahawks, who in my opinion is a true workhorse running back that you're going to be getting inside of the third round. I love the value there with Chris Carson. I understand that you may be on the complete 
opposite side of my argument that you might believe that DK Metcalf's going to have an excellent year. You might believe that Tyler Lockett's going to have an excellent year. You might believe that Russell Wilson is a very safe quarterback. Now, I think Russell Wilson will be fine, but those other wide receivers there, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, when one of them goes off, the other one typically goes into a shell, doesn't play too well. So I'm not really about to draft either DK Metcalf or Tyler Lockett. If I was to take one though, it would be Lockett because he is a later round pick, not a super late pick, but like a fourth, fifth, sixth round pick in some drafts. I do like David Montgomery, though, for the Chicago Bears with a lot of this talk about Tariq Cohen potentially missing some time earlier on in the season that opens the door for David Montgomery to get a lot more receiving opportunity. And that's why David Montgomery had such a good stretch at the end of the season, because once Tariq Cohen ended up getting hurt, he was actually able to be used in the receiving game. I like this offense a lot better this season, even with Andy Dalton under center. So I'm pretty confident in David Montgomery, maybe not to be a top five back, but to finish inside of the top 16, top 18 at the running back position. I like Chris Carson to potentially be a top 12 back. After I went with Carson came C.D. Lamb, George Kittle, David Montgomery, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Darrell Henderson, and Lamar Jackson, seeing all three of the big three tight ends going in the first three rounds of the draft, which is typical in every single draft at this point. Now the question arises, who's going to be the fourth tight end off the board? Because sometimes we'll see Kittle, sometimes you see Hawkinson, sometimes you will see Andrews. I believe Hawkinson should be the fourth tight end off the board out of Detroit. We also see Kyler Murray come off the board. So four quarterbacks going in the 3-4 round turn here, which is pretty interesting. Again, should you take a quarterback early in my opinion? No, I'd rather wait and take a quarterback later. But can you? Sure, go ahead and take a quarterback early. To me, it doesn't really bother me. So looking at the board here, running backs that I'm not super in love with. So we are going to go ahead and look at the wide receiver position. Robert Woods, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Julio Jones, Robert Woods will be the pick here for me. I personally believe a whole lot in this LA Rams offense. I believe that Matthew Stafford is going to turn this team into a potential Super Bowl contender in LA with the Rams. Robert Woods has been a very consistent wide receiver throughout his career, and he has done it the last couple of years with Jared Goff. So even if he's able to finish as a top like 18, top 15 wide receiver, with Jared Goff. Imagine what he can do with much better ball placement from Matthew Stafford and with a much high power, a much more high powered offense with Matthew Stafford. Robert Woods is one of my guys at the wide receiver position this year. He's going to be a guy that I'm targeting heavily in my drafts. I also really do like Julio Jones a lot. And I think a lot of people are really sleeping on Julio Jones. Maybe it's because the guy is technically old or that he's injury prone. And if you're listening on the podcast app, I did the kind of, what are those called? Air quotes, maybe, whatever you want to call it, where it's like a wink, wink type of deal where he's old, wink, wink. He's injury prone, wink, wink, because sure, he is old. That is definitely true, but he's not too old to where he can't be an elite wide receiver in the NFL. And he's not injury prone at all, because if you look at it, besides last year, he's missed like three total games in the last seven years. So I don't know. I don't really get where that narrative comes from. Julio Jones is going to be perfectly healthy, and there's really no injury risk when you're drafting Tennessee Titans wide receiver Julio Jones. Obviously, he can get hurt this season, but any player that you draft inside of your draft could end up getting hurt, so I think that argument is a little bit stupid. So after we went ahead and drafted Robert Woods, we see Amari Cooper, Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Swift, DK Metcalf, and then, or not DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Julio Jones, and Kyle Pitts. So we see Kyle Pitts coming off the board 
as the fourth overall tight end. Now, I've kind of talked about this ad nauseum, so I'll go over it very quickly with Kyle Pitts. I like Kyle Pitts as a tight end for fantasy football, but what I don't like is taking him inside of the fifth round, taking him as the fourth tight end off the board, because then you need him to be a top four tight end. I haven't ranked as my tight end number six. Could he be top five? 100%. But at the rookie, when you're a rookie, as a tight end, it's very difficult to finish inside the top five. Only one tight end has done it in the last 10 years, which is Evan Ingram. So there's a lot of risk in Kyle Pitts. He's an excellent player. I 100% agree with that. But kind of to me, I'm tempering my expectations. So he would not be my pick there inside the fifth round. After Kyle Pitts comes Travis Etienne, Miles Gaskin, James Robinson, and Brandon Iuk. So looking at the board right here, typically inside the fifth round or the sixth round, if TJ Hawkinson is there, he's basically an insta smash for my team inside of these mock drafts. But when we're doing these mock drafts, I like to come with a different approach every single time. So we are not going to go ahead and draft a tight end here inside the fifth round, even if I believe that TJ Hawkinson's value is really solid at this pick. Hawkinson came off the board, so we wouldn't have been able to do it anyways, because while I like Mark Andrews, I just don't like him anywhere near as much as TJ Hawkinson. So looking at the board here, Kareem Hunt, Mike Davis, Damian Harris, Trey Sermon. So after these kind of two running backs, it does start to fall off for me here. But I am going to end up going wide receiver here because I want to go ahead and snag one of my favorite wide receivers in fantasy football. And while I love Deontay Johnson, this time we're going to go ahead and draft Adam Thielen because I want to talk about Adam Thielen. Last year, Adam Thielen scored 14 touchdowns, which really elevated his point total at the end of the season. And that elevated his point total. But... But I still believe he could still be a top 20, top 24-ish wide receiver this season. With how good this offense looked last year, I think that there is a pretty solid chance that Adam Thielen has a pretty solid year again, and he is a relatively safe pick inside of the fifth round. I do like Deontay Johnson slightly more, but again, when I'm doing these mock drafts, I want to give you guys slightly different looks, because if I take the same players every fucking time, there's basically no reason to be watching this video. The most important part of these mock drafts, in my opinion, is not really who I'm selecting, but how I talk about a lot of the players inside of the draft. So if you guys have been enjoying thus far and you like the content, please make sure that if you are new to hit that subscribe button down below because it's free. And I also want you guys to hit the like button if you have enjoyed thus far. So after we went ahead and drafted Mr. Adam Thielen, we see Kareem Hunt come off the board, Dak Prescott, Mark Andrews, Deontay Johnson, and T. Higgins. So after those big five quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Dak, Lamar, in whatever kind of order you have them in, besides having Patrick Mahomes at number one, you can honestly slot any other player in as the number two overall guy. I think that after that top five is when there should be a lull at the quarterback position, meaning there should be a round or two maybe before you take a guy like Russell Wilson, in my opinion. Now, again, I don't hate Russell Wilson, but I just believe those top five guys, Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Prescott and Lamar Jackson are just such a step above a quarterback like Russell Wilson. I do like Aaron Rodgers a lot as well, though, because I believe that Sure, maybe he won't throw as many touchdowns as he did last season, but I wouldn't be surprised if he threw for 5,000 yards at the end of the day because of how good this offense is in Green Bay, and he typically plays really well year in and year out and is a relatively safe quarterback. So looking at the running back position, us waiting on running back did look a little bit bad here, but we did get lucky, and Damian Harris did end up falling our way. Damian Harris running back of the New England Patriots. While, obviously, the Patriots don't necessarily run a system that is super amazing for any given running back on the team. Typically, they look to use that running back by committee look, but all signs point towards Damian Harris potentially being the lead back there and being the lead back there means that 
with a stronger offense, with a better defense, that they should be able to run the ball a lot more this season. And I like what I saw out of Damian Harris last year, so I'm relatively confident in him going into this season. After we went ahead and drafted Damian Harris, Justin Herbert, the pervert, came off the board. I feel like Herbert's also kind of in that conversation to be a top five quarterback. While a lot of people are trying to project a potential downward spiral for Justin Herbert in 2021 following his excellent rookie year where he got the offensive rookie of the year, I personally do not believe that that's going to happen. I think this offense is actually going to look a lot better after they fired that certified bozo in Anthony Lynn. After Justin Herbert came Odell back Jr. Now, I watched a video a couple of days ago on YouTube from Brett Coleman. Brett Coleman talks a lot about football. He's a very smart guy. Now, what I gauged from that video that's titled something about Odell Beckham Jr., you can watch it on his channel. I recommend it. It's a good video. Is that maybe last year, the reason why Odell struggled was not because of necessarily Odell, but it was because him and Baker weren't on the same page. And then he tore his ACL and he gets hurt. So, in 2021, can they get on the same page? I don't know. But if they do, maybe Odell has more upside than I'm willing to kind of discuss. But again, in the sixth round, going around a lot of these other wide receivers, I just like the other wide receivers more. So I'm probably going to continue to fade Odell Beckham Jr., but maybe I shouldn't be going after him as harshly as I had been in the past. After Odell comes Robbie Anderson, A.A. Ron Rogers, Trey Sermon, Leonard Fournette, Tampa Bay defense, Tyler Higby, and Ronald Jones. After Ronald Jones, we see Robert Tunyon come off the board. So my kind of strategy at the tight end position is very similar to the quarterback position. If you draft a tight end early, I'm talking one of those top five guys, then you're good. That is one strategy. The other strategy is to just wait till the end of the draft and take a more high upside tight end. What I don't like to do here is in the 6th, the 7th, the 8th round, after those big tight ends have came off the board, trying to guess which guy's going to be it. Will it be Higby? Will it be Tunyon? All of those guys could be really fucking good in fantasy, and I have them all ranked inside of the top 10. But to me, would you be surprised at all if a guy like Robert Tunyon, whose points were so heavily elevated by the touchdowns last year, ended up completely sucking ass this season? Would you be surprised? If Logan Thomas, a guy that was a quarterback in college, now turned into a tight end, sucked ass this year, you really shouldn't be. Now, again, does that mean you shouldn't draft Robert Tunyon or Logan Thomas? No, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't draft them. But inside of this range, to me, it is very much a coin flip, just like it is later on in the draft. So I'd much rather wait a bit later and then draft the tight end. Looking at the board right here, while I do take this guy in a lot of drafts, to me, the Kenny Galladay hate has gone far too far. Sure, He's also banged up, right? And I do understand that. If you click on him right here, you can say hamstring. Probably to miss two to three weeks. That was about a week ago. So he's on either one week or one more week after that. So two weeks of a timeline from right now. If things come out in a week or two that Kenny Galladay is in dismay, that Kenny Galladay is not going to be healthy, then you know what I do? You just fade him. And that's fine. But based upon what we know right now, Kenny Galladay is one of the biggest steals in fantasy football drafts, especially falling into the seventh round, because this is a guy whose floor is a top 24 wide receiver. While I don't like Daniel Jones, while I don't like this offense as a whole, they paid this guy so much fucking money to catch the football that I don't see why he's going inside the seventh round. I like Cortland Sutton. I like Jerry Judy. I also kind of like Tyler Boyd, not necessarily as a top 24 option, but I like the wide receivers going 
going around this range. But to me, Kenny Galladay's safety is just so much higher than these other guys that I just really don't understand why he is falling this far in the draft. Unless the injury gets worse, because then if the injury keeps getting worse, then you can just go ahead and fade him as a whole. But based upon what we know right now, I don't really get it. After we went with Kenny Galladay, Michael Carter came off the board, followed by David Johnson, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, Juju Smith-Schuster, Logan Thomas, and the LA Rams defense. So my biggest suggestion in fantasy football is not to draft a defense early. I talk about this in every single mock draft, but the best strategy is to early on in the draft, even in the middle rounds, keep building that running back, keep building that wide receiver depth, and then later on in the draft, in the final round or the round before that, depending on when you go kicker and when you go defense, go ahead and draft a defense that is playing up against an offense that's not so hot week one, and then if they have a harder opponent week two, you just cut them and you pick up a new defense. Streaming defenses is the best way to optimize your lineup week in and week out at the defense position, because even if you draft a team like the Washington football team, the LA Rams, the Tampa Bay Bucks, who are by all accounts, great defenses, and I agree with that. But every single week, they're going to have hard matchups. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to play up against good teams. So are the Rams, so will the Washington football team. So pump the brakes and draft a defense later and stream the position I make videos every single week talking about during the season, which defenses to stream. So after we see the Washington football team defense come Debo Samuel and Jerry Judy right now through the first eight rounds of the draft, we have one, two, three running backs and four wide receivers. So we're likely here to hop back in on the running back train. Unless, of course, the running backs here I don't like. Then we can go ahead and pivot to a wide receiver here in the eighth round. It is a little bit ambitious for some of these running backs, but we are going to go with Zach Moss, who I wouldn't be surprised on if he ended up becoming an eighth round draft pick by the time you're drafting in later August. Now, the report up top, he also suffered a hamstring injury. It appears like every single fucking player has an injury at this point. So, I did already know that when I drafted him. But, it says here, Moss's injury appears to be minor, but it could slow down his progress to becoming the clear lead back in Buffalo. Come on, man. Come on. This guy could be hurt until halfway through the season, and Devin Singletary would probably have two fucking yards of carry. Now, obviously not that bad, but Devin Singletary sucks. Devin Singletary isn't good at all. Zach Moss, I'm not saying this guy is fucking Bo Jackson or something like that. This guy's not Adrian Peterson, one of the better running backs ever. He's not someone like that, right? But he is still a solid running back, and he's just steps above, feet above, yards above a guy like Devin Singletary, in my opinion. So I'm fine taking Zach Moss inside the eighth round as my running back number four off the board. Why I want to draft more running backs than wide receivers is because every single week during the season, you can just go ahead and pick up any fucking wide receiver off the waiver wire. You close your eyes, click on someone, and there's a pretty high chance that they can finish as a top 10 wide receiver. I talk about them, not top 10 wide receiver, but like a 10 plus point wide receiver, which is solid in the event that you need that wide receiver to fill in. So... It's pretty advantageous to just load up on those running backs because it's hard to find a running back off the waiver wire any given week that can be a starter unless some injury happens and the backup running back that everyone handcuffed just perishes or something and then some random third string running back becomes the guy or just one of those backup running backs that no one drafted becomes the guy. Then off the waiver wire, you can find a gem, but likely... The, the best way to find that gem is just drafting them inside the draft and holding on to them all season and hoping that maybe something goes your way. Again, don't root for injuries. I never root for injuries, but that is one of the safest ways to keep your team nice and safe. 
But do not handcuff. In my opinion, handcuffing your own running backs is one of the dumbest things to do in the draft because it's really limiting your upside. I like to snag other people's handcuffs and then going ahead. And if that player was to get injured on the, the starter of that team, the running back that, you know, you handcuffed, you're looking sitting there pretty when they're going to be pissed off. And it's honestly very funny as well. So looking at the board right here, tight end, we do not have a tight end yet. We don't have a quarterback either. So here we're going to go ahead and draft Ryan Tannehill inside of the ninth round. While typically I wait a little bit longer to draft a quarterback, I felt as though some other players were going to start to take other quarterbacks because not everyone in the draft has a quarterback at this point, I believe. Let's see, positions, drafted chart. See, this team is two quarterbacks. They have none. Everyone else has one. So don't be surprised if people start taking backup quarterbacks. People do that a lot in drafts. So I wanted to go ahead and sure up the quarterback position on my team. So I went with Ryan Tannehill. I like Joe Burrow a lot as well. But to me, Joe Burrow is, I talked to Dr. Edwin Poros about this. I talked about this a little bit earlier. But Joe Burrow's timetable to return is nine months and a certain amount of days. And the start of the season from when he got injured is nine months and a couple of days. So he's cutting it very, very close. Now, again, he should be fine, but he's not going to be and shouldn't be expected to be 100% to start the season. So again, I still believe in Joe Burrow this season, but the start of the season, it might be a little bit rocky for the start, but I do believe eventually it will flatten out and he is going to have an excellent second year in the National Football League. This position's drafted grid is something that should be on every single draft platform. It is probably the easiest way to determine what position you should be drafting at inside of the draft because it tells you how many wide receivers, how many running backs you have. It's very, very, it's very nice, as Borat would say. So I wish other websites would implement it, but not even every website has a draft board. NFL does, Yahoo who does ESPN doesn't um I hate ESPN I do a lot of mock drafts on there because a lot of you guys draft on ESPN but personally it is my least favorite website to mock drafts on so after we went ahead and drafted Ryan Tannehill Brandon Cooks came out the board followed by James Conner my old bitch lame but my young hoku Kenyon Drake Greg Zerline Cortland Sutton and the Buffalo defense how is Cortland Sutton available inside of the 10th round that makes absolutely no sense I guess because I never clicked on the wide receiver position while there's certainly some injury risk with him because he is not necessarily looking amazing in practice but recently like two days ago I saw horsecock Drew Locke hit this guy with like a 75 yard bomb deep down the field so I'm pretty sure he's gonna be healthy Will Fuller gonna miss the first game of the season but I'm almost tempted to take him at this spot because of the upside he presents. The Bears and the Dolphins are doing one of those training camp things where I don't know exactly what it's called off the top of my head, but like a co-practice where they're playing up against each other and apparently two is looking very, very good. And that would be very, very nice for Will Fuller. So we're going to go with Will Fuller. I do have Devontae Smith ranked ahead of him. But here we do kind of have a relatively safe roster, at least in my opinion, with D-Hop, with Robert Woods, with Adam Thielen, and with Kenny Galladay. So I'm hunting for more upside here where I think Devontae Smith is probably a much safer pick than Will Fuller because we know, at least I feel as though in my opinion, that Devontae Smith is the locked and loaded wide receiver one in Philadelphia, whereas Fuller may not be that in Miami. But on the off chance you do throw him in your lineup over these other wide receivers there is a very high chance this guy could have a humongous boom game in your lineup where he drops 25 plus fantasy points which is something that's very hard to find in your fantasy drafts he's like a game-breaking player but he's not like Tyree Kill it's not going to be ultra consistent but it was last year in Houston again might want to temper your expectations slightly on that 
Because last year, when he had 879 receiving yards and eight total touchdowns in the eight games that he played before he was suspended, he was on performance-enhancing drugs. The PEDs. So again, could he still be that good without it? Yes, he is very good. But I'm tempering my expectations slightly, but I do like the upside he presents in Miami. So I'm fine taking him here inside of the 10th round. So looking at the board, after we went ahead and drafted our pick of Will Fuller, Tyler Bass Pro Shop came off the board, followed by Devontae Smith and Noah Fant. Just like with Kenny Galladay, it appears that maybe the injury news to Devontae Smith has scared some people down a couple of rounds, which is great news for you because... Again, there's no signs to this pointing towards anything bad. I will stand here and tell you, or sit here, I guess, because I'm sitting in a chair, every single day and tell you guys the injury updates. If Devontae Smith or Kenny Galladay or any of these players appears that they're going to miss some serious time, then I'm going to tell you. But based upon what we know right now, I believe them to still be relatively safe picks. So after Devontae Smith comes Noah Fant, Michael Gallup, Joe Burrow. I'm in the pocket like Burrow, J.D. McKissick, and Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is a very interesting pick as well because there's a chance he gets traded, but reports came out earlier today that the Saints, Sean Payton, and Michael Thomas have had a nice meeting. They're all good now. They're all good now, and then next week we're going to see Michael Thomas going off on fucking Twitter or Instagram again. That guy is such a diva, such a cry baby. It is honestly hilarious that one of the best wide receivers in the NFL acts the way Michael Thomas does. It's crazy. It really is. I mean, I don't think Michael Thomas is a bad player. I think he's a fine pick in the 11th round, but there's potential he misses like 8-plus games. So make sure that if you're drafting Michael Thomas, he's not like your second wide receiver or something. He's this guy's wide receiver four, so it's fine. But just make sure you understand the risk when you're drafting a guy like Michael Thomas who could miss eight nine games of the season, and I wouldn't be surprised at all based upon the surgery timetable. And if there's any type of setback, it could really push him back. After Michael, obviously, if it's a setback, it could push him back. So after Michael Thomas, we see Mikey Mike Williams, Jamal Williams, Double Williams, Curtis Samuel, and LaVishka Chanel. LaVishka starting to fall down compared to DJ Chark. And again, I'm not in love with DJ Chark. So I'm much more excited to wait a couple of rounds, draft a LaVishka or draft a guy like Marvin Jones, who I think has a pretty good shot of being the wide receiver number one target in Jacksonville. Corey Davis now seems like more and more of an interesting pick because maybe it'll show Elijah Moore to undergo MRI following quad injury. Yikes. Not the best. Running backs, Devin Singletary. Nothing special here, so we are going to go ahead and draft Corey Davis, wide receiver of the New York Football Jets. Now, again, if Elijah Moore is healthy, if there is no reason to worry about him, that his quad is A-OK, -okay, then guess what? I'm going to walk back this statement, and I'll tell you to draft Elijah Moore every single fucking time because Elijah Moore is the standout at Jets camp. But I believe that Corey Davis, in his absence, will be the wide receiver one there. Corey Davis sucked ass for a majority of his career, and last year, something hit him. This dude must have woke up and started eating a different breakfast or just did something completely different in his life because he went from being considered one of the big, just a humongous, bust this guy was so dick cheese for where he was being drafted or where he was drafted in the NFL and then every year in fantasy people are like man this is the comeback year and for two years 2019 2020 I told you not to draft him I guess I was wrong last year but 
it seemed as though you were absolutely crazy if you drafted him in 2020, but he finally started to maybe get some confidence back and started playing a lot better. So looking at tight end here, we probably should have taken a tight end at this point because we do not have one yet on our team. If we do not get Irv Smith, then we are going to be utilizing the double tight end strategy, which is something that I typically do not utilize. Typically, if I get my tight end early on in the draft, or if I get a guy I'm confident in like Irv Smith, then typically I just don't draft another tight end because I'm like, you know what? That's going to be my guy. And then if they get hurt, obviously you would just cut them. We put them on the IR for a couple of weeks or on the bye week, you just cut someone else on your bench and you add a new tight end. Same thing goes with quarterback. But in the scenario where I don't get a tight end, I'm super in love with, I'm fine matching an Adam Troutman with a Janu Smith or getting an Anthony Ferkser who, while his upside is kind of dead uh someone took our smith of course right fuck me right in the ass let's see how many tight ends this guy has so i can get real pissed off here pal let's see irv smith oh just has irv smith just kidding is irv smith and logan thomas that's such a stupid idea but people do it in every draft so i did kind of cuck myself by not drafting a tight end earlier but now you get to see the double tight end strategy here Another guy that is being severely under-talked is Jared Cook, tight end of the Los Angeles Chargers. Jared Cook, for the last zillion years, it seems as though, has been a top 12 tight end in fantasy football. Has been a guy that you could rely upon when he was on the Saints and when he was on the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, I'm not saying that Jared Cook's going to have a top five year this season, but as my tight end number two, as the second option, if Troutman is a failure or if Hunter Henry is a failure, then... I'm pretty happy with a guy like Jared Cook. Same thing goes with a guy like Rob Gronkowski. I also like Gerald Everett a lot. Tight end now of the Seattle Seahawks. He was kind of strangleholded by the fact that he was there in Seattle, or not in Seattle, in there with the LA Rams with Tyler Higby. But now that Higby's gone, it, or now that he is gone from Higby, he really has an open spot there in Seattle. Adam Troutman is the guy that I will be selecting here. We could all be very wrong on Adam Troutman, and he could not fill the role of Michael Thomas. He could not be getting as many targets. That could be true. I'm going to take him here because we're looking for upside at the tight end position and we are going to draft a second one so if he ends up being a complete failure then again we do have a fail safe option for him when you're drafting two tight ends when you're drafting two quarterbacks please that is the only time in the draft I will tell you to actually look at the bye week because even if a lot of your players are on the same bye week there's a good chance that some of these players by the time you reach week 6, 7, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 whenever they have their bye that they may not even be on your team that you may have traded them, they may have gotten hurt, they may have been complete and utter disgraces, and you cut them. And while I'm very confident at the end of my drafts every single time, like, damn, this is the God Squad here, this is the team that I'm going to win the championship with, half the time, or probably every single time, when you win your championship, half the team that you drafted, or at least 30 plus percent of the team you drafted is not on that team. The way you win your league is not necessarily in the draft. The draft is a big part of winning your league, but the waiver wires, the trades, all that kind of shit is what really elevates you to the top. So that's why I kind of say that. And I think that's an important sentiment to note because a lot of people, they pay very close attention during the draft season. They watch these videos and they're like, man, oh man, I am set. And then they set their lineup. They make the wrong decisions and then their team sucks because they weren't paying attention to the waiver wire, all these things. So please make sure to pay attention during the season. Again, even if you don't watch any of my videos anymore, I just want you guys to win. That is the biggest key. When you watch one of my videos, I'm trying to give you guys the keys to win. So I would appreciate that even if you don't watch my videos to at least just pay attention during the season, follow the waiver wire, do all those things because you can't really win your league in the draft unless it's a best ball league because that's the only thing you can do. 
in best ball. So we are going to go ahead and snag another tight end. Evan Ingram fucking sucks, but for some reason, I feel like he's going to have a slightly better year in 2021, but again, nothing special, so probably not going to draft him. Probably not going to draft uh, Evan Ingram here, if I'm being honest with you, because again, I don't really believe in him. A lot of people were drafting him very highly last year. I told you guys he was a must-fade, and I guess I was right. So here, we're going to go ahead and take that upside shot on, let's see, what bye week does Gerald Everett have? Nine? What does this man have? Our tight end has six, so we're good with the 6-9, the 6-1-9 Rey Mysterio, or the 6-9. Very nice. I like Borat, yes. <laughs> I don't know if people actually like when I do the Borat voice, but for some reason... I don't even think it really sounds that good, but I always find it so funny to do at points in the video. So I do apologize if you do not like it, but it's probably still going to continue to happen. So after we went ahead and drafted Gerald Everett, Jason Sanders came off the board, followed by Ryan Suckup, Philip Lindsay. Very interesting pick because reports out of camp are that David Johnson's not that guy, pal. He's not the starter, and it's going to be maybe Philip Lindsay. I mean,. I don't think Philip Lindsay's super special or anything, but I do think he's definitely worth it. I do. It sounded like my voice cracked. I don't know if it did. I do think that uh, Philip Lindsay is definitely worth a pick later on in the draft. So I'm pretty excited to draft him later on if I end up getting him. But we do have our whole roster filled out at this point. So we're just going defense and kicker with the next couple of picks. One defense that I'm really getting my eyes on is the Denver Broncos. I assume they've already been selected because, you know, fuck me, right? Yeah, they have. And of course, Yahoo doesn't let me click on them to view their schedule, but I believe their schedule, they have the Jets and the Giants and the Jaguars. Now, the order of the teams, I don't know. I don't remember, but that's a very good three-week stretch, which is very hard to find with the defense. So that's a defense you can play for those three weeks, and then you can release them because after that, they have a really hard schedule, but... That's, again, the biggest strategy is to just draft a defense that has those first couple of games that are really good or just the first game that's good and then rotate your defenses in and out. You will see so much better production from the defensive position if you do that. Same thing goes with kicker, but I'm normally looking to go ahead and just draft one kicker and keep them for a majority of the season unless, of course, they just suck ass and then you just cut them. This guy drafted Will Lutz. Let me tell you, pal, Will Lutz is actually hurt, which is very bad because he's going to miss like eight, nine games. So they added a new kicker there in New Orleans. Not a guy that I would necessarily draft, but don't draft Will Lutz. I'll tell you that much. So we are up on the board here. And with the fact that I haven't done the research on the defenses yet, I will do that very soon. So I can give you guys the defenses to start. Drafting, we're going to go ahead and draft Rodrigo, you slunk, you, Rodrigo, you slunk my blank and ship, my blank and ship, Rodrigo, you sunk my blank and ship, which is just an A1 team name, and this guy has the specs that you just love to see, he looks, the guy's fucking hilarious, if you guys, I don't even know if he has social media, but I always see these clips of him, he's like playing with Legos and shit, he's just a regular guy, he's just a guy being a dude that you can just draft late on in the draft, and he's an elite kicker in the NFL. So I like drafting Rodrigo Blankenship. And then defense, again, you want to go ahead and look at their schedule. We can pull up some of these team schedules, maybe. No, you just can't do it, because why Why would you be able to, to pull up a, a team schedule, right? Why would that be needed when you're drafting, right, Yahoo? I mean, Yahoo's still the best draft platform out of them all, but they, they still suck. Like, all these websites need to have someone that actually plays fantasy football tell these people things like yahoo espn nfl all these websites have fucking employees that are fantasy analysts they're fantasy analysts employees and these motherfuckers don't even tell them the things that they need it is actually ridiculous 
It is ridiculous that, that that a lot of this shit isn't in here. Now, I'm not trying to sound like a Karen fucking complaining over here, but it's absolutely crazy that all these websites don't have these things. I understand that I could just go on Google right now and Google the week one schedule and pull a defense up and tell you exactly who to draft. And that is probably exactly what I am going to do right now. But it would be much easier to just click on every single team right here and then pull up that uh, pull up the offense that they're playing against. But of course, why would the NFL or not NFL, I guess, why would Yahoo want you to be able to do that? It would only make a little too much sense. Sorry about that rant, though. I know I'm not trying to fucking rant here. We're just trying to have a great time in today's video. So week one schedule. We got Dallas versus Tampa is the Thursday night football matchup. Jacksonville, Houston, Chargers, Washington football team, Seattle, Indianapolis, Jets, Cardinals, or not Jets, Cardinals, Jets, Carolina Panthers, Minnesota Vikings, Cincinnati Bengals. I apologize if you can hear my neighbor mowing the lawn outside. Arizona Cardinals, Tennessee Titans, San Francisco 49ers, Detroit Lions, Pittsburgh Steelers, Buffalo Bills, Philadelphia Eagles, Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we got the Browns versus the Chiefs. So any of these things, again, Denver is the Giants week one. That's one that really stands out to me. I like the Rams against Chicago week one. That's not one that I'm super in love with, but I do kind of like it. I do somewhat like, the, I do like the 49ers against the Lions a lot. The Carolina Panthers and the Jets, they're both playing against each other. You can probably play both of them, if I'm being honest with you, against each other. Uh, Jacksonville, Houston, same thing there. You could probably play both of those defenses against each other. So with that said, we're going to go ahead and take maybe the Panthers up against the Jets because I have a, I just have a really strong feeling that the Jets just suck ass this week and they just get bent over by the Carolina Panthers because this is a Sam Darnold, Mono Man Sam revenge game up against the Jets. So I'm going to recap our team real quick because the guy shut off his because my neighbor shut off his lawnmower, so you should be able to hear better now. I'm genuinely sorry about that, but there's no way to stop recording inside of a mock draft. So our team is comprised of Ryan Tannehill, starting quarterback. Our receivers are D-Hop and Robert Woods. Our running backs are Aaron Jones and Chris Carson. Our tight end is Adam Troutman. Our flex is Adam Thielen. Our bench is comprised of Damian Harris, Kenny Galladay, Zach Moss, Will Fuller V, Corey Davis, and Gerald Everett. Our kicker is Rodrigo. You sunk my blank and ship. And our defense is the Carolina Panthers up against the Jets week one. So thank you guys all so much for watching. I hope you did end up enjoying this video. I apologize again for the guy mowing his lawn. That should never be an issue in these videos. So I am genuinely sorry. My stomach is growling because I haven't eaten today. But I'm out here eating up these mock drafts. That was so fucking cringe. But thank you guys for watching. I love you guys all. Thank you guys for so much support recently. Have a great rest of your guys' day. As always, good boy.